Hey friends, thanks for tuning in today. And before we get to our regular programming, if you would, I just want to take a moment to let you in on a couple of new pieces of information. You know, since our COVID journey really started back in March, we've had a lot of opportunity to address challenges and opportunities. We've worked through the challenges and we tried to maximize the opportunities. And one of the ways that we've done that is how we've created platforms for you and your family to engage, even remotely, even as we've navigated this unique season. And we're going to continue to do our in-person gatherings and our online expressions, but one of the particular things we were able to do early on was to serve our cities through our local television stations, specifically KBQC early on reached out to us and asked if we would be willing to partner as a way of creating space for people to connect, to worship, to pray, even as we were in those early stages. And since the beginning of our COVID journey, KWQC has been a great partner for us, allowing us to serve in a couple of different channels. And as the opportunity to partner with them draws to a close at the end of this month, we recognize that many of you are connecting through the television platform. And we wanted to keep that as an option for you as we continue to chase the kingdom and the things of God together. So as we reach into September, we're going to continue to be on television, but we're making a change. We'll be switching to WQAD, channel 8.1 and 8.3. There'll be two different times. We'll be on channel 8.3 at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning and channel 8.1 at 1130 each Sunday morning. This is another opportunity for you to engage from the television platform, but it's really just us as a church wanting to make it easy for you, your families, your neighbors and friends to continue to gather, to connect, and to worship even in this unique season. So we're excited about the shift, the WQAD. We're looking forward to the opportunity to continue to serve in this way, as well as the other platform opportunities to connect. But wanted to let you know we're making that change so you can start preparing. You can start making sure you can get to channel 8.1 or 8.3 if you connect on that platform. And we'll have more information to come. But I wanted to let you know that we're making that change and to say thank you to KWQC for their partnership over the last few months. And also just acknowledge our excitement to step in with a relationship with WQAD. So now that you have that information, let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming and we'll step into a time of worship and connection as a church family together. Hola familia, les saludamos en el nombre de Cristo Jesús. Hey family, we greet you in the name of Christ Jesus, the name that is above every name because he is love personified. He's the example of what it means that God loved the world so much that he gave his very best. And I'm excited that we get to join in worship, in listening to the word, in prayer together today. And as part of that experience today, I'm really excited for us to hear from one of our family life pastors, a young man named Luke Friedline, who serves on our worship team. You've seen him leading worship, but he also serves as one of our student ministry pastors with our Family Life team. Now, he is a great guy, and I know he has an incredible word from God for you and for me today. And so I invite you, press in as we press into worship. Join us together from wherever you are. 
Now, speaking of family life, we have some incredible ways for you, your students, and your kids all to connect with God, one another, and your purpose in some unique ways. You can find those and other ways to connect at heritageqc.com, including weekend worship, worship expressions for your family, um, student connect opportunities, and moments to connect all together, like our upcoming outdoor worship gathering. All of that information and more, again, is found at heritageqc.com or on the Church Center app. So be sure to download that or surf on over there to find some more great information. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of this, we are pressing into the next part of our series that is called All You Need Is Love. It speaks about the great love of God and the great love of God on full display in Jesus. So join us as we sing and declare, God loved the world so much that he gave us his very best. Press in with us.
hablas pensarás No hay otro nombre igual Tú vivo estás Exaltado más five months or so, we have regularly uh, reflected upon and prayed the Lord's Prayer. This is a prayer that Jesus gave us, or gave his disciples, and then it's been handed down to us. It is such an important prayer because it's, it's a prayer that Jesus gave directly to us to use, and it's deeply resonant even now, uh, so many years later after giving the prayer. And, uh, and so it's, it's just a great practice to lean into on a regular basis. And one of the things that I appreciate most about this prayer is that it's a reminder of the times of prayer, that how prayer can really lead us across the bridge to access the power of God. For example, Jesus asks his followers to pray, you know, give us today this daily bread. I mean, that, that's one of the most ordinary, everyday prayers that a person can pray. And yet it serves as this great reminder that there is sacredness in understanding our deep dependence upon the Lord to provide in ordinary everyday items. A, a little bit, a, a different part of the prayer, there's this line in there that Jesus gives us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that, that's a powerful prayer for God to come and bring his power to bear on behalf of this world. It's, it's powerful because we're asking God to come and set things the way they should be. And, and yet it, it also serves as another reminder that prayer forms this bridge for us to walk across to see the vision of God and to get access to the power that God has for us to be participants in his vision for the world. The rhythm of prayer is so powerful. And I wanna just invite us now to lean into it together, to, to just, as we pray this great prayer together, to imagine yourself just walking across that bridge and just you know, marveling at the power of God, but to also position yourself to receive all that he wants to give to you. So let's pray this prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.
Well, hey everybody, I'm so glad that you are tuning in right now. Listen, whether that be in your car, in the living room with your family, maybe it's in your garage with a lot of dear friends around you, no matter how you're watching right now, I'm thankful that you are here. And, and really, as I've been preparing this message and as I've been praying over you and as we dig into God's word today, my prayer is that you would be reminded of the love God has for you and those around you. And for those of you that don't know me, my name is Luke Friedline. I get to serve as one of the pastors here on staff at Heritage. And I'm just going to point out the obvious right away. I don't have a guitar in my hand. And although I love playing guitar, I love serving on our worship team, I also get to serve as one of our student pastors, where I get to love and walk with students and, and even teach them and preach the Word of God. And today, for the first time, I'm excited to do that with you, my church family, for the first time today. Now, for those of you that do know me, you know that other than God, there's no one I love more than my wife and kids. And seriously, I'm just ridiculously blessed to be able to do life with my beautiful bride, Leslie, and our th we have three children together. Uh, Brinley, who's four, she just turned four in July, and she's just a doll. She's a sweetheart. She's just like her mom, and she is a mother hen to her little sister and brother. I'll tell you what. And then there's Sawyer. She's two and a half, and God bless her. She's a lot more like her daddy. Lots of sass, full of energy and emotion, but has such a kind heart towards people. And then I have Grayson, who was just born at the end of May. And I'm just, just going to tell you, I'm excited to have another boy in the house. Because before uh, Grayson, it, it was three girls, my wife and two daughters. And we even have a female cat. So this definitely bounced it out a little bit. And we are just pumped. And it's been so great to, to love him and get to know him and, and just be an addition to our family. And in that, I, I just want to say that, like for many of you, our family's, our home has been a bit crazy over the past few months. 
You know, whether, whether that be having to have lots of conversation around how to get along, how to share toys, and, and even lots of tears and emotion and tantrums, mostly from our kids, mostly from our kids. But ultimately, there's lots of love shared with one another. Now, as many of you know, today, we're focusing on one word. In fact, over the past several weeks, we've been focusing on one theme, one word, and it's a super important word. Love. Really, it's what this whole series has been all about. And some of you are thinking, but Luke, listen, we've already talked about love over the past few weeks. Do we really have to do it again? And here's your answer. Yes, we have to, because it's, so, it's worth coming back to again and again. And that's exactly what the Apostle John does throughout his letters. He keeps coming back to this crucial, important word, love. And we've been unpacking some incredible truths about love in this space, haven't we? And if you've been following along, you know that the love I'm talking about isn't a fluffy love. It's not a romantic kind of love. It's not a love that's characterized by our emotions or feelings. It's God's love, agape love, the highest form of love. It's a love that corrects us, refines us, and ultimately saves us. So with that being said, we're just going to jump right in. I want to encourage you, open up your Bibles. Go ahead and swipe there if you're on your phone or your your electronic device. We're going to start in 1 John 4, starting with verse 7. And here's what it says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Man, so right off the bat, John is addressing the community of believers, reminding them and calling them to a mutual love for one another. And really, he's saying that that love is a result of having a relationship with Jesus. That's the only way we can even do it. Really, John makes it as simple as possible. And if you've been following along, you'll know that he loves drawing a line in the sand. He loves saying it's either this or it's that. And that's exactly what he does in this opening statement. Because he's saying, listen, if God is in you, you will love because God is love. And I want you to hear this. God doesn't just love you. He doesn't just love me. It's more than just an action. It's his very being. It's who he is. And know this, there's no place, no time, no moment that you were not loved by a heavenly father. And John explains throughout the rest of this opening paragraph how we know what love looks like. So let's continue with verse 9. Follow along with me. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. In this. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, which means atonement, sacrifice for our sins. John says, Beloved, If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. John's saying this is how we know what love is, that God chose to send his son. And listen, God didn't have another son as backup. He wasn't like, hey, this one doesn't listen as well. You know, he doesn't behave super well. You can have him. No, he had one son whom he loved dearly and sent to die for you and me to pay a debt that we owe. That's how much God loves us so that we could experience eternal life. John's saying, this is what love looks like. In other words, God loved us so much that he made a way for us to know his love through his son. And just as God loves us, he wants us to love those around us. 
All right, so simple enough, right? We can just copy that. Like most of us have heard in Sunday school, or we've, maybe some of us don't know this, but those of us that do, it's like we've heard it for a long time. We can just copy Jesus' model, love God, love others. We're good. Man, I wish it were, I wish it were that easy. The reality is, is that choosing to love is easier said than done. And I think we can all attest to that. And I just want to pause and say, this series couldn't have come at a better time for us. At least for me personally, over the past few months, I've found myself in spaces where it's been more difficult than normal to love certain people around me. And if I'm being completely vulnerable and truthful with you today, there have been moments where I've failed to love others like Jesus loves me. And as I'm saying that, there might be someone in your head that you're thinking about that you failed to love in this season as well. But listen, John is clear. He's communicating what he heard directly from Jesus in John chapter 13, where Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. Jesus said that this is how everyone will know that you are my disciple. Not by the, the cross we wear around our neck, not by the rolling our windows down and, and pumping worship music, but by loving each other. This is how others will know that you are my disciple. Now, right here, we have to stop. We have to stop and acknowledge a very, very important thing. And yes, John is clearly talking to brothers and sisters in Christ, to the church, to believers. But Jesus made it abundantly clear in his ministry here on earth, our call to love every single person, to love our neighbor as ourselves. See, Jesus said that this is how everyone will know that you are my disciple. The gospel is not exclusive, but it's inclusive, which brings us to our first important point to take note of. And actually, it's the first fill-in on your note guide. And it says this, if we want to love like Jesus, we have to love everyone. In other words, because God has deemed everyone is loved, we cannot be selective on who we think is worthy of God's love. And if you are a follower of Jesus, we are called to sacrificially love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are called to love those around us who are hard to love. We are commanded to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are called to be a light in the darkness. And John says, this is how others will know by the way we love. Listen, hear this important truth today. God desires and wants to use you as a vehicle of love to those around you. And check out this verse in verse 12. Here is kind of a, a, trans, a transformative verse as we step into some other understandings that John wants us to know. So in verse 12, John says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Man, that's a powerful statement, isn't it? And we know this to be true, that no one has ever seen God physically, but he's provided a way for us to see the love of Jesus through his son, by, by sending him to die and, and being raised from the dead. That's how we know what love is. Everything God is, is, has been showed on display through the life of Jesus and as we encounter a deep relationship with him. You see, understanding those important truths is important because it's driving the main point that John's trying to make in verse 12. He's saying that just as we can truly only know God through his son, People, those who don't know Jesus around us, will only truly see God and know love when it's displayed by his followers, by his disciples, as it is perfected through us. You know, I once heard a powerful phrase that you probably have heard as well, but I think it helps us grasp this understanding or think of it in a different way even. 
And that's this. You could be the only Jesus that someone sees today. I could take it a step further and say, you could be the only Jesus that someone sees, period. Man, that's like a punch in the gut, isn't it? It's such an important reminder. It's convicting, but it's also a terrifying responsibility because there are so many people we encounter daily, weekly, monthly that have yet to experience the love of Christ. And we have the opportunity as Christians to show that love to others because God abides in us. In fact, actually, John is saying in verse 12, there are two things that happen when we love one another. Number one, God abides in us. And number two, his love is perfected in us. Now, we got to kind of unpack those meanings, definitions, and words a little bit to truly grasp the understanding of it. To abide, really, it means to remain in, to dwell, to, to stay connected to. Or the simplest way of saying is getting close to Jesus and staying close to Jesus. It's the only way that we can actually know what love is and in return display that love to those around us. And we see this understanding even in John 15, 5, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. My friends, apart from him, we are, we are nothing. We can do nothing. And just as the branches are dependent upon the vine to produce healthy fruit, we too as Christians are dependent upon Christ. Jesus is actually telling the importance of remaining in him. If you are a Christ follower and you abide in Jesus, who is the great vine, if you remain in him, if you continually submit to his will and his, his ways, you will produce the fruits of Holy Spirit. You will produce love. Now, the second thing John actually says will happen when you love one another is that God's love is perfected in us. Or other translations say love is made complete in us or that, that love is, has been finished through us. But I don't want us to get this wrong. Here's what John isn't saying. John's not saying that God's love makes us sinless. John's not even saying that God's love makes us perfect. No, but hear this. God's love was already perfected before we found it. It was already perfected before we found it. And that it has been perfected through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the Son of God. And that same love that was shown through Jesus is the same love that God chooses to, and desires to display through his children to those who abide in him. So how, how do we know that God abides in us? I think it's important to ask that question. Well, John unpacks that and answers that question in verses 13 through 16. Follow along with me. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Circle that, highlight that. He's given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love God has for us. God is love. John highlights that again, that God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. So here's how we know that God abides in us. And really, here's how we know that we are a Christian, that he has given us the gift of Holy Spirit. And, and we've confessed that Jesus is the son of the living God. And when we do that, we receive Holy Spirit and we begin a relationship with Jesus. 
by hearing the truth of the gospel and then believing and confessing that Jesus is Lord. That's laid out actually in Ephesians 1.13 and it says it like this, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. How awesome is that, that the Holy Spirit takes up residency within you. It takes its rightful place. John is saying that it's actually Holy Spirit in us that helps us to come and know and believe the love God has for us and, and in return love those around us. And it brings it, us actually to our second fill-in on the note guide, a second big point that I want us to understand today. Holy Spirit enables us to love others. Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us every resource we could ever need to love those around us, whether that be correction, conviction, encouragement, guidance, and even sometimes the exact words or, or actions to do. You see, Holy Spirit is our compass, just like a compass always points north. Holy Spirit always points us to the truth. Holy Spirit always makes it clearer for us to see. Now, when it comes to loving others, I've already said it can be a challenge. Like, here's some examples. Maybe that be loving a coworker who always has negative things to say. Or maybe it's your neighbor that mows every other day while you're trying to put your kids to sleep. Now, some of you are thinking, that was super specific. You're right, it was, and it's something God's working on in me right now. Or maybe it's that friend on Facebook that airs out all their dirty laundry without a filter. Now listen, John's clear. No matter what it is, the list could go on and on. We can all think of our own excuses. And as hard as it may, to be, may be, love is the badge we are called to wear. And Holy Spirit gives us everything we need to love those around us. Now let's keep going because John's got some more to unpack for us today. In verse 17, this is what he says. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. And in this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made complete in love. So the question, what does love do? Here's what it does. It gives you confidence. When we love one another, it gives us confidence. And John even uses Jesus as the example, right? Because just as Jesus abided in the Father, he was given confidence before God, whether that be through his life on earth, his trials, his temptation, his abuse, and yes, even death on a cross. Jesus poured out his life to love me, taking a risk knowing that I wouldn't love him back. And he did it with confidence. You might be thinking, you know, that, I get it. Like, that's Jesus. He's the son of God. I totally get that he can do that, but how can I possibly love like that, like Jesus? Listen, John's telling us you can love because God has given you everything you need. He has given you the gift of Holy Spirit. God never said loving would be easy. In fact, as we look back on our lives, we can point out many opportunities and many, many examples of how we failed to love and how it, choosing to love is hard. It's a gamble. It's a risk because we can put ourselves out there and say, I'm going to sacrificially love this person. And sometimes we're loved back. But you know, other times we're taken advantage of or, or we're, we're made fun of or whatever it may be. And although it's hard and challenging, we can have confidence knowing that Holy Spirit will empower us and give us the strength to love. And John's saying, 
even when we stand in front of God, even when we stand before God. And let me tell you, if you're a Christ follower, we know that one day we will stand before God. And John's saying we love one another. It gives us the confidence. It gives us the understanding to know that we don't have to be afraid because perfect love drives out fear. And we can be confident in knowing that God is a righteous judge, a fair judge, a loving judge. John's saying there's no fear in the space that there is love. And Holy Spirit gives us the confidence and assurance that we are loved children of God. Now we're going to jump to the last three verses here. And this is actually John wrapping up chapter 4. And he says this, We love because He first loved us. Now whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God also loves their brother and sister in Christ. Guys, here we have it. John lands the plane. He lands on the money. He ends by drawing yet another line, making it as clear as possible. And he's saying, listen, guys, if you love God, you are commanded to love your brother and sister in Christ. You're commanded to love everyone. And he brings it to the main point that we've been talking about. If you want to love like Jesus, you have to love every single person. And we can't do it alone. We've, we've, we've learned this. We can't do it alone. And when it boils down to it, what John has been saying this whole time, the key to loving others like Jesus loves them is this, to abide, to dwell, to get close to Jesus and stay close to Jesus. Because here's the thing, follow me. When we abide, we encounter His perfect, continual, and sacrificial love. When we receive the love God has for us, it changes us. It transforms us. And we become more like our Father. And and really, in other words, we love and care for the things our God loves for and cares for. And you know who that is? Every single person. Everyone that you encounter, every single person, it's your sisters and brothers in Christ. It's the strangers that you encounter on a daily basis. It's those in your life that don't know Jesus. It's those who hold a different political perspective than you. It's the person who's talking behind your back and stabbing you in the back. It's the person who hates you. The list could go on and on. But what I love about 1 John in this chapter is that it challenges us. It truly challenges us to to take a look at our lives and take a step back and say, am I loving God? Am I loving others? And if I'm not, what am I going to do about it? Listen, I want you to know, I've missed the mark. You have missed the mark. And we've failed to love God with our whole heart. We have failed to love our neighbor as ourselves. And you know what? We're going to fail again. But when we do, when we fail, we have Holy Spirit as our advocate to convict and reveal to us where our hearts are not in tune with God's heart, where we are choosing to walk in the flesh rather than in the Spirit. And Holy Spirit draws us towards confession again and again, where we say, God, we were wrong. We have sinned against you. We have sinned against our brother. And we ask for forgiveness and ask him for the strength and mercy to help us love again. And again, just as he does for us. Now, my friends, we have good news. There's good news. And that's that when we fail to love, God's love for us never fails. I want to say that again. When we fail to love, God's love for us never, ever fails. His unfailing love strengthens us and reminds us to try again and again. 
You know, there's this prayer. It's a written prayer that I learned when I was in college and I didn't know I needed it at the time. I was walking in a situation where there were people in my lives that I was holding grudges against that I, that I didn't like. And God used this and the church around me to help me come to confession and, and say, God, I've sinned against you. I, I need help to abide in your ways. I need, I need help to walk in the spirit. Would you help me? And today, to close our time together, I want us to do that now. We're going to read this prayer together. And, and as we read it, my hope is that by reading this with the rest of your church family, that you would be empowered and that Holy Spirit would enable you with all you need to love. Because my friends, all we need is love. Would you pray this with me? Most merciful God, we confess that we've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we've done and by what we've left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. You hear me when I call You are my morning song Though darkness fills the night It cannot hide the light And whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy Underneath my feet You are my sword and shield Though troubles linger still And whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me I know who stands behind The God of angel armies Is always by my side The one who reigns forever He is a friend of mine always by my side God's strength is in your name for you alone can say you will deliver me yours is the victory whom shall I
praise is always by my side the one who reigns forever he is a friend of Song will rise to you, though my heart may fall. 
opportunity today for us to to gather and to worship, to be reminded of God's great love, his agape love for you and for me. And you know, really, that's what this All You Need Is Love series of conversations has been about. And it's been our prayer that in these series of conversations that you have encountered the very love of God. In fact, you may be in a place this weekend where where you have yet to receive that love that Pastor Luke talked about. And I want to invite you, if that's you right now, uh, to take out your smartphone, text the word faith uh, to the number on the screen below. And we would love to follow up with you this week so that you can experience and truly receive the love of a God who is absolutely crazy about you. And maybe you're in a space this weekend where you have received the love of God and you're going, hey, what's my next step? And I want you to know, if you haven't taken the next step to declare that love, that love for Jesus publicly through baptism, that we have an opportunity for you coming up on September 23rd. You see, that is your next step. And so I invite you, if you're in a place today, you've received the love of God and you are ready to declare it before your friends and your family to get online at heritageqc.com or get onto our church center app and you can find out more information. You can register to be baptized and and one of our pastoral team will follow up with you in the week ahead to to hear your story and to get you ready for that significant moment. And maybe you're in a space this weekend where where you're, you're hearing about this love that God has for you and his call 
call for you to, to actually go and to extend that love to all people around you. And you're just going, hey, I wanna learn more. I'm, I'm hungry, I wanna press into more. And I wanna invite you uh, to come and to join a virtual learning group that we're gonna be offering uh, here the second week of September that's just simply called Seen, Known, and Loved. And it's in this space where we're gonna explore what does it mean for us to experience and encounter the love of God, how he's created us and wired us to encounter it, and then how we can in turn then turn around and go and express that love to our neighbors, to our friends, to our loved ones, even in the midst of our workplaces. So I wanna invite you to come be a part of that. Once again, you can get information at heritageqc.com. But friends, today as we go from this place, having encountered the very love of God, it's my prayer for you and for me that everywhere we go this week, that everyone that we encounter will encounter the love of God in us and through us. So go be the people of God today. We'll see you next week.